Welcome to The Right to Shower, critical conversations on homelessness and cleanliness. Welcome to The Right to Shower, a show with the purpose baked right there into the title. Every episode, we speak with leaders like NGOs, politicians, and other experts in social fields to explore why access to cleanliness is a fundamental human right. We break down biases, share intimate stories, come to new understandings, and discuss how providing access to cleanliness is helping those in the unhoused community. This podcast is brought to you by The Right to Shower. The Right to Shower helps build mobile showers for those experiencing homelessness. Stick around at the end of the podcast to learn how you can get involved. I'm your host, Darius Baxter, President and CEO of Good Projects. This week, we are joined by a very exciting guest, the CEO of Lava May X, Chris Kepler. On the show, we touch on the initiatives that charity partners and non-government organizations are doing to actively combat the effects of homelessness and provide cleanliness to those who need it. So tell me a little bit about yourself. How did you start this amazing organization, company, consulting firm? What are we calling it? Lava May is just exceptional in all that you have been able to do not just as an organization, but for the people that you serve. I'm very honored today to be joined by Chris, woo, woo, Chris, Chris Kepler. Woo, woo, woo. Woo, woo, woo. Uh, Chris, like welcome that. to the show. Welcome to the show. <laughs> Thanks for having me. Yeah. So my background is actually not in nonprofit work. I spent the majority of my career as a consultant designing and strategizing and researching user experiences for just large companies. So things like creating websites for Fortune 500 companies or service model designs for various brands and product design. And so one day I was, and it really was one day, I was sitting at my desk after working on a client for about two years. And I was just thinking, you know, I love people. I love listening to people. And I want to use my design skills and research skills for good to do, you know, to create really create one-to-one experiences that are more impactful face-to-face. And I hopped on LinkedIn and saw an amazing article on Donnie Sandoval, who is the founder of Lava May. And it was an article on Lava May and this amazing philosophy of not only the power that giving a shower has to the unhoused, but the philosophy of radical hospitality, which is really giving and loving and being very respectful and going above and beyond to really restore people's dignity and their self-worth. And I said, I have to work there. And mainly that is because growing up, I used to serve the unhoused through my church. And I had some really amazing experiences Mm. where I walked this lovely man through basically the version of a pop-up care village that we call where there was showers and haircuts and clothes and food walked him through the clothing line and we just picked out a bunch of clothes together and smiled and talked. And I just thought, this is amazing. I love serving and I really wanted to focus my skills, design skills and research skills and listening skills with the unhoused population. And it was the perfect place for me to join. And I joined Lava May in 2016. Well, Chris, I want to let you know, you've done something truly remarkable and it's not just serving the role you serve at Lava May. You have done what every person says that they're going to do when they first enter into the workforce, when they're graduating college. Oh, I'm going to go, I'm going to 
work on Wall Street or be a consultant for, you know, a decade. And then I'm going to go back and try to help people. And a lot of people say that. But along the way, I don't know whether it's the kids or the bills or whatever. They, they forget that promise that they made mm-hmm. to themselves and to the community they were really passionate about. But here you are setting an example for so many. Where did you find that courage, Chris, to say, you know what? I'm going to give up the comfort of 20 plus years as a consultant. And I'm going to use these skills and talents that I have to try to serve those experiencing homelessness. Where did that courage come from? You know, it's just something where I'm just the person where I, when I set my mind to something, I do it. I mean, that can sound pretty common or, but I just, I had a calling and I just took that leap of faith. And I said, and really I sent Donise a LinkedIn message, not even expecting to hear back. So amazing kudos to her. She wrote me back within the first day and I said, I'll do anything for you. I'll run your user experience, your programming, your impact and numbers. Just tell me what, you know, I, and I would love to volunteer. And really it was that she was so receptive to my request and what I wanted to do that really, that got the ball rolling. And usually you don't see that. You don't, expect to have a response on the other end. And I was really fortunate that she did. And it was just the beginning of a beautiful journey. But, you know, for me, you see what you want, you go after it. And and I'm also lucky enough that I was able to get some severance for my old job and be able to take some time to explore and to, to start there. But I just knew I had a different path, a different career path for me. Shout out a good severance package. That'll <laughs> definitely give you some courage. True. But... <laughs> And then also for you for taking a leap of faith. And that's really what what brings this episode uh, up and why we're really excited. And we had mm-hmm. an opportunity to talk to Donise mm-hmm. on our opening show. But here we are trying to find ways on the Right to Shower podcast to bridge the gap, particularly between NGO, non-government partners like Alava May, and corporations and brands and even government, as we've seen with the amazing work that you all have been able to do mm-hmm. with the Right to Shower what advice do you have as the leader of such an amazing organization like Lava May to NGOs out there that may be looking to do the same thing and partnering with a brand like The Right to Shower? I mean, I think a lot of it is just being really open to what a partnership could look like and an unconventional one. You know, when we started working with The Right to Shower, it'll be almost, it'll be four years this year. When we first started, really The Right to Shower was the first amazing brand that are, we were so mission aligned and to have that level of alignment is can be somewhat maybe uncommon, but is amazing. And, you know, really partnering with all the staff at the right to shower and saying, what is the impact that we want to make and how can we do that together? And really being a, a solid, consistent team. So, and it's also about trust, right? So When we started engaging with the right to shower, it was like, okay, what markets do we want to focus on? Who do we want to fund in those markets or regions? And, but they really gave us a lot of autonomy because we know our service providers, we know how to teach and advise people on how to do this work. And so, you know, a lot of it was just about trust and collaboration and partnership and being integrated, like on campaigns and things like that. But like I said, the the core is just that deep, deep mission alignment so that it's natural and it's fun. And the amount of impact that we can make and we have made together is phenomenal because of that. Certainly. And you talk about the impact that you want to make. The sexiest focus area in the world when you talk about individuals that are experiencing homelessness. But here, Lava May is being truly a pioneer 
at this moment in time, especially as we continue to feel the effects of the pandemic. It's, in, it's something that you mentioned, actually, Chris, that I always say this man makes plans and there's somebody mm-hmm. up there just laughing. You couldn't have imagined when you all started doing the work with Lava May to be able to bring these portable showers out into the homeless communities that you would find a brand like the Right to Shower that was literally trying mm-hmm. to do the same thing in a sense of providing the products to those experiencing homelessness. One thing I was just going to say is the beautiful thing about this, too, is that we we always strive at, at Lava May X to humanize who we're serving and to tell their stories and to say, this can be anybody. You know, this is somebody's mother. This is somebody's daughter. It's These are amazing human beings that have their own circumstances as to why they're here. And what's been really great is working with the right to shower to tell these stories and get them out there. So people really understand that people that are unhoused, it's because they can't afford housing or they've lost a job or they're evicted. They don't have a safety net. And so being able to tell those, like I said, tell those stories and really put a human face to what can seem intimidating or scary is really important to break down those barriers. Who is that person for you, Chris? Talk about putting a a face on the issue. I find it hard to believe that you just stumbled into this work. You talk about sort of that first LinkedIn message that you sent to Denise. Was there an individual or an experience that happened along your life that you were like, you know, this is something that I'm going to spend my life fighting for? It just harkens back to when I would serve when I was younger and I made connections with the unhoused early. And how old were you when you were doing that? uh, I was nine. Oh my gosh, baby. Yeah. Yeah. There's nothing more that can fill your soul than service for me. Say that one more time so the people in the back can hear you, Chris. Say that one more time for me. (laughs) There's nothing more that fills my soul than service. I mean, being here to serve fills my heart. It Before I started this job, I was feeling pretty empty and not feeling like I really had a sense of purpose. And now that I'm here, every day I am blown away by the friendships we have on the streets, by the service providers that are doing amazing work in other communities. And we all are trying to do the same thing, which is really put a human face and love and respect with people that they don't have anything and all they receive is hate and judgment. And all it takes is that love to give them and to go above and beyond and to give them access to opportunity. All it takes a lot of times is just one advocate or one person that just stops and really cares and makes a connection. So that's, yeah, that's what I love to do. I might shed a single tear over here. On your behalf, Chris. Oh my God, you speaking sweet poetry right now. You talking about purpose, love. You got my, you been reading my <laughs> journal. Oh my gosh, what a blessing yeah, to be here today. Uh, I think you find more of yourself in service and really find like what you're here on earth to do. Yeah, Gandhi said beautiful words in the sense of the best way to find yourself is to lose mm-hmm. yourself in the service of others. And Lava May, uh, under your leadership, has. Uh, Definitely started mm-hmm. to change the narrative around what people experiencing homelessness mm-hmm. look like. What are some of the efforts that you all are taking? I know you get a lot of credit for what you're doing as far as your trainings and the pop-up showers, but can you tell the listeners a little bit more about some of the things that Lava May is doing to combat homelessness? 
Yeah, sure. So, I mean, our our five-year impact goal is to create a network of communities that launch and sustain programs modeled after ours. So that's mobile showers, that's pop-up care villages. A lot of people may not know what that is. That's when you bring a bunch of service providers across different service types like legal, haircuts, food, medical, and bring it to the streets to increase access. And then you work together collectively across service providers. And then we also offer hand-washing stations. So if somebody wants to launch a hand-washing station, they can learn how to do that from us as well. So to launch and sustain programs modeled after ours to serve 100,000 people by 2024. So really our goal is just to get as much services, access to opportunity, showers on the streets as possible. So to your point, we do spend the majority of our time consulting, which this is a very vague word, but training and mentoring others to do this work. We've launched a community platform where people from all over the world can come and download our toolkits, participate in our online trainings and discussion groups, right? Uh, Participate in discussion groups. We also spend time still doing direct service. It's very important for us to stay connected to the streets. And we do serve in Los Angeles, San Francisco, and Oakland, right? To the streets? Yeah. I mean, you know, it's the heart and soul of... People forget that. You see... Chris, I promise you, you're saying a lot of things as if like they're supposed to come so natural for folks, especially folk that are in this space, but it's not. We love it. I mean, when you're on the streets, that connection, you are going to them, right? You are going to them. You're having conversations. It's it's amazing. And they become your friends. You create communities. So for us to be able to continue to do and offer mobile showers, as well as our pop-up care villages, where you can bring a lot of volunteers together, a lot of service partners and then you have your guests, that's really where the witness effect also, you can really have conversations and really understand who our guests are by interacting with them. I love how you call them your guests. Yeah, we're very intentional with our words. And I think that's important because we are here to serve them and help them and go above and beyond. Certainly. The other piece above and beyond direct service, which, as I mentioned, to stay connected to our guests and also to use as a training grounds for service providers when we're mentoring and training them, is we spend time focusing on innovation. So for us, innovation means what are we seeing from the streets or what are we seeing that we want to work on and play with? And one of the things we're working on is a shower in a box or a pop-up shower so that You can imagine now you have a trailer and truck. Well, what if you had more of a portable shower that you could deploy in times of disasters, whether it's hurricanes or in refugee communities, but then also for the unhoused, right? And for service providers that want to serve them, but may not have the budget or the resources at the time to purchase a truck and trailer. Maybe it's an interim solution before they do get the money for those two vehicles. Certainly. Well, I don't know if you heard, we got a couple billionaires that are spending all their money on a space race as you guys look, yes. to, <laughs> look to combat uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. the most basic needs. Yes. I hope and believe that there's going to be the resources out there for you all to continue to be able to do that. Yeah. But help me understand, Chris. I make that joke sparingly. Hopefully uh, Bezos hears it one day. But you all have attacked the most basic fundamental need. Mm-hmm. In the midst of a time where all of us are thinking about our hygiene and our cleanliness <laughs> mm-hmm. in order to stay safe, mm-hmm. has the public been receptive to the message that you all are putting forth? Yeah. I mean, in some strange way, to your point, I think even with COVID specifically, 
there's hygiene and health and access to water is now more top of mind than it had been before. So I would say that more people understand that and they see that and they see the value of that. It was challenging during COVID because we did have to suspend our services for a while to revise our cleaning protocols, understand, like get the PPE gear and all of that. So for us, what was key was still staying connected. If we weren't doing shower service, then what were we doing to show our guests that we still loved them and cared about them and wouldn't ever leave them behind? So we started delivering hygiene kits and food and water out to encampments throughout Oakland and Los Angeles and San Francisco. And I think, like I said, it's just, it's important to continue that relationship and listen to their needs. We do a lot of listening to really understand mm-hmm. what it is they're going through because things are it's changing thing so much do. and resources are shifting or closed down and not open. So how are we informing them and keeping them abreast of, of what's happening? Certainly, certainly. And I, I'm interested here, Chris, as I listen more to you and you talk about the different mm-hmm. areas that you all focused on in the midst of the pandemic, here you ha- are having taken a model where expansion for Lava May doesn't necessarily look like a Lava May mobile shower in 50 states across the country or right. you know, 100 countries across the world, but mm-hmm. really focusing on the areas that you all have been in historically and providing guidance to other jurisdictions. Where does the thinking there come from? Because, you know, a lot of people in this space are like, okay, we got to be everywhere all the time where you all have taken a slightly different approach. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, you can look at scaling in lots of different ways. When we first decided to pivot in beginning of 2020, you know, we we had decided the best solutions come from the communities themselves. And so we didn't say it again for the people in the back, Chris, <laughs> say it again for the people in the back so they can hear you. We got to make sure they hear you. OK, I'll say it again. The best solutions come from the communities themselves. You know, we have served in our own communities, but to extend that out to every other community just didn't make sense because we have a model, we know what works, but they know their community. They know the unhoused population. They know the service providers. They have connections with cities. They're the ones that live and breathe their community and love their community. So it just, it was more scalable for us to say, why don't we help train and mentor you to do this in your own community and really establish those roots? And it's amazing to see all the different service providers that we're talking to. And you have some in very small rural towns, you have others in very large cities. And that's something we could have never broken into that barrier to that level. And then they really, like I said, it's that grassroots approach and they know their community best. So, so for us, it was a very conscious decision to do that. And it just, other people want to open up, you know, other locations and that's great too. We personally, as an organization also didn't want to spend our time kind of policing people are saying, okay, you following this process and this methodology, you know, we teach and train our methodology, what works for us. And then people can take that and make it their own and put their own spin on it. So when we teach and train, you're not a Lava May X in Chicago. You are the service provider organization's name, right? They have their own 501c3. And so now what's important for us is to 
be able to fund some of these providers and these grassroots uh, communities that may not have access to funding and advise them at the same time. And that's what the right to shower has enabled us to do is to take funding and pair it with the advising and the consulting so that you can speed somebody up to get to the streets, have them, you know, get there sooner. And that's really our goal. So I'm hearing all this down. Excellent. And I know it didn't happen overnight <laughs> by any stretch of the imagination. Mm-hmm. And they say uh, the best way to learn is to watch somebody else do it. But it, even better way to learn is to watch somebody make a mistake. So a lot of our listeners are people in the nonprofit space, people looking to start up the next social impact entity that ends up on the Forbes list. And they listen to this because we bring on these CEOs and experts in this space. What can our listeners learn from you as something that was a pitfall along the way that you would say, hey, I did this, maybe don't do this and go in a different direction? Yeah, that's a really great question. So we, just for background in terms of how we decided to do this, when Lava May was first launched over like the first two years, and even now, we've received like 4,500 requests across 39 countries to bring our services to those communities. And so- just looking at that, that just sparked, oh, thank you. But it just goes, I mean, re- regardless of that, it just shows the need, right? And we knew we could never scale to the need, but we said that sparks an idea. Certainly. You know, if there's so much interest in doing this, why don't we create a toolkit to teach people how to do that? And so we really look at like the trends and the patterns of what people are asking and do the research. And then we really just, we're not afraid to test and try and it was interesting because once we launched the toolkit and we we had so many people that responded and, wa- and reached out and wanted to learn more, you know, originally when we first started this program, we did this like center of excellence in Los Angeles where we were recruiting people to come. And one of the big lessons there was, you know, let's not recruit. Let's just have people come. Like if there's interest then there's interest, but we don't need to recruit people to do this because it really comes from the heart. So we changed up our strategy a little bit just to kind of step back and and reassess what the program was early on. But I would say the biggest thing is you see these trends, you see these opportunities. Don't be afraid to go out there and test and try something and see if it sticks because you can always change it along the way. But I think there can be some reticence on, okay, how much planning do I need to do? And is this solution viable? And what does this look like? And, you know, we do, we, we take more of an agile approach. We're pretty quick just to try something out and see how it works and then just evolve it and change it along the way. So, you know, you might have a goal, but how you get there might be really different based on this experience or this methodology. It's 100% facts. And Chris, I think one of the things when you're in this space is what we're always having to do is uh, check the privilege that we have. Mm-hmm. How do you find yourself when you're in the streets, understanding the perspective that you have just going through the world? Like, Does that ever change the way that you view your work or the way that you engage with one of your guests? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, for me, I do a lot of listening and I'm, I don't judge. I'm humble. And I also acknowledge my, I acknowledge my white privilege. You know, for me, I, I do my best to just kind of stand back and listen and, and just be a helpful ear and, and an advocate in any way possible. 
a lot of people on the team, that's the approach that we take is just to be there for people and, and to be that ear and to just help them in any way possible. So what we always say is, again, don't assume anything and don't judge. You just go in with love and a big heart and just be the best person of service that you can be. And that's what we strive to do. Certainly. With that, have you seen, do you have any personal stories of how you've seen a shower truly change someone's life? Yeah, there was a woman in Oakland that we served for about a year and she would come in her car and she would take a shower with us once or twice a week. And she was really struggling. She was separated from her family and she was really looking to get back into rehab. And it was very hard. She didn't, there was some resources that she had. She was trying really hard, but it was, it was a struggle for her. And she would come and hang out with us at shower service and have that safe community where she could laugh and tell stories and take a shower and just feel like by virtue of being clean, you can go and meet with a social worker or you can apply for a job. You just, as we all know, a shower is just very like reinvigorating from both a physical and a mental state. And one day she stopped coming and we always wonder like, oh my gosh, where's this guest? Where'd they go? And she came back about six months later and said, I don't know what I would have done if it wasn't for you guys. You gave me the safe space. You gave me the shower. I was able to have community and I I went to rehab and now I have housing. And we hear those stories quite a bit. And I think that's where you look at the bigger picture and you say, for some people, it might just be a shower, but that's where the radical hospitality comes in. Because when you create this safe, loving community for people, you forget, you don't, we have that. Many of us have that in our everyday lives. People on the streets don't have that. And when you provide that for them, it's life-changing. And it's you actually see somebody and you acknowledge them and you smile with them and you hug them. Those are things that we take for granted, you know? Certainly. Certainly. Every single day. And we'll continue to pray for it. Mm-hmm. That young lady, but it's exactly what you just said, Chris. We take these things for granted. And to mm-hmm. to circle back just a little bit, when I ask the question about privilege, then it's one thing that we all have to recognize. It's not just white or black. It is a number of different things that we bring to the table every single day. As a as a man, I, as certain privileges that I hold, as a mm-hmm. somebody that's in the middle class, there's privileges that I hold and that we share. Is mm-hmm. you know certain zip codes that you're you live in or parts of the country. Mm-hmm. You know, something that we take for granted, just having a major airport in mm-hmm. a city. You know, there's cities all over uh, this country that don't have the ability to transit like that. Yeah. It's truly amazing, Chris, to hear this level of humility that you hold, especially someone leading such an important effort. Yeah. Well, like I say, if you can't look in the mirror and ask yourself when you drive by somebody that's unhoused or see somebody that is holding a sign and asking for food or money, and if you can't ask, what if that person was me? What if that person was me? Because it can be, it can very easily be any of us. And until people really- Especially nowadays, for sure. Yeah. And it's looking, taking a look at yourself and saying, what does community mean to me? 
what is my definition of community? To your point, does community mean it's only people that that I'm close with, like in a friend group? Is community my entire neighborhood? Is community only people that have literally four solid walls over them? What is community to you, Chris? What is community to you? If you could define it for our listeners. Yeah, I mean, community for me is people that I come in contact with, especially, I mean, not only those in my area, but community for me is just asking what people need, you know, lending a helping hand, helping each other, even if it's somebody that I don't know that I'm walking by and saying, looking them in the eye, you know, just acknowledging them and saying, we're all part of the same race. We're part of the human race. You know, we are all part of the human race. And so the level of demonizing and the level of just hatred that people on the streets experience, it's devastating. And community is just connecting with people and really caring. That might sound vague, but for me, it's just looking at each other and and being open and really just helping and seeing, you know, what, like I said, what do you need? Because people can assume that people need something that's different than what they want. So it's really understanding that going deeper. Well, it's, it's, it's not vague at all, Chris. It's often uh, the simplest things that go the most overlooked, being there for somebody. Yeah. Very much similar to something as simple as a shower. Mm-hmm. Uh, something that we take for granted every morning or afternoon when we just hop in and the water's warm and the tub is clean. Uh, there's millions, not bi- billions of people around the world that don't have access to something yes. that simple. Mm-hmm. I continue to just sit here in awe of you, Chris. <laughs> But as we continue in the conversation, what are you most excited about as Lava May continues to push forward in its mission? Wow. Well, we've really done a lot of work on creating community, speaking of, through our Lava May X Connect platform. As I mentioned, we have our larger five-year impact goal uh, to continue to create a network of communities or service providers that serve 100,000 people by 2024. But we're really entering this next phase where we have a, a lot of people that have either launched or in their process of launching. And our focus is really building regional communities, like connecting service providers together hyper-locally and how we're doing that through not only our consulting, our one-to-one mentoring program, but also on our Connect platform and really making it a hub or a destination for people. Because we get asked all the time, you know, oh, what other service providers are in my area or you know, there's other service providers outside of mobile showers like food or legal help, and they can all come together and collectively work alongside one another to bring services across these different verticals or service types to the streets together. So really it's about making those connections. And like I said, another big piece of it is in our innovation and in our shower product and saying like, you know, what kind of ripple effect could be made just by increasing the accessibility to hygiene based on this product, uh, especially with climate change and disasters and everything that's happening in the world today, where we're just going to have more and more people displaced and in need of a safe, radically hospitable place to take a shower that's, again, easily accessible and affordable. Jeff, Chris needs one of those millennium grants. A hundred million, a hundred million. We can build showers (laughs) everywhere. Claiming it for you. There you you. go. Claiming it for you. I know how to use it. 
I know how to use it. Call me up and I'll tell you. Hey, claiming it for uh, you. But I will also say part of it too is we are really looking to increase the scale of who we're able to fund as well. So if we have more funding where we can take that and distribute it out to service providers around the world, then you're just going to get more and more people that are able to implement these programs. So a lot of it is continuing to focus on our scaling model and finding foundations, individuals, corporations that are interested in supporting grassroots communities, which a lot of times don't have the resources or like the grant knowledge or just the connections to be able to get the funding. And we can easily distribute that to them if they have their 501c3 and there's you know other other pieces that we look at but the more we can hit those local communities and really hold up these small communities that are trying to do really great work but the the funding they're really struggling with that's that's a really huge challenge for those that we consult with Certainly. and just getting more out there so you've continued to talk about the different ways that you all are supporting obviously the communities that you work with and now the growing uh community of service providers around the world. But for our listeners, how can they support Lava May? Is it volunteerism? Is it donations? You talked about all of our grant makers out there. How can people support you all? Yeah. I mean, I think part of it is just look at your own community, right? And see like, what are you passionate about? What engages you? If you're walking along the street and you see somebody that's in house, look them in the eye and say, is there something that you need or something I can help you with? So part of it is taking a look at your own community and saying, you know, is there a nonprofit or an organization that I can get involved with to really understand the inner workings and participate? I also would say that if you're specifically interested in, with mobile showers, we do have a map on our website that shows every single mobile shower program that is launched throughout the world or is in progress. So give us the website. There what's what's the website, Chris? Oh, it's, it's on lavamax.org. And I believe it's under our impact. So you can go there and see if there's a mobile shower program in your community that you want to volunteer with. Also, you can start up your own shower service or run a pop-up care village. I mean, some of it is if you're really motivated, like, you know, find some service providers in your community, find a local church or, you know, a parking lot and just get some providers out there where you make it seem so unhoused in the area. We don't have to go to space. (laughs) Are you sure we don't have to go to <laughs> no, space? No, you do not. Are you sure? Though? I'm absolutely positive. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm absolutely Are you sure, positive. Though? No, we don't it's, need to go to it's space. It's meant to be easy. Okay. Right. No, you do not. Although, you know, that would be fun to do. Uh, Mobile showers in space? It's just, <laughs> yeah. I still don't. How do astronauts take showers? Actually, I should look that up. I'm not sure. Yeah. Who knows? So I think part of it's just, just asking questions and engaging. And of course you can donate to us, host a fundraiser, give hygiene items to us that we distribute out. But I think the larger picture is what do you really care about and how are you putting those sentiments or those feelings into action in your community through just understanding, you know, as I mentioned, who the the nonprofits are, but also just saying hello to people on the streets and just getting a broader sense of life and perspective to others, which has been tough for COVID with everybody sitting at home all day. You just kind of get in your car and drive to the grocery store and home. But a lot of us are obviously still in our home. So I feel like that level of disconnection 
is there even more now than when it was before. Certainly, certainly. So, Chris, did it hurt? Which part? When you fell out of heaven, because they don't make them like you no more, Chris. You are <laughs> surely a, an angel here. Oh, on my Earth. gosh. You're such a charmer. Hey, that's wow. why they pay me the big bucks. Uh, so oh. here we go as we wrap up. I'm going to. Yeah, I want my kids to do that. My goodness. <laughs> I'm going to tell them. <laughs> so as we wrap up this episode of The Right to Shower, Chris, where can our listeners uh, go to find you and more about Lava May? Great question. So if you go to our website, Lava May X, it's spelled L-A-V-A-M-A-E-X.org. You'll see all of our social handles. You'll see how to contact us and it has everything about us that you can find. Cool, cool, cool. And last thing. So for all of our consultants out there that have maybe followed a similar path that in the midst of the pandemic have maybe not been feeling like they're they're fully beating their purpose. What message might you have for them, Chris, as we close out this uh, episode of The Right to Shower? I would say question everything, follow your path, find your sense of purpose, and figure out what makes you tick. You don't always have to stay doing the same thing. It's scary and it's risky, but following what you know is is right and finding that specific path is a journey and just don't be afraid to diverge off the path you're on and try out something new and you'll you'll never know where it leads you and the other thing i would say is love your neighbor all of them and then you love your community and be open and listen and be kind just be kind Thanks so much for joining us today and listening to The Right to Shower. I also want to say thank you to Chris for coming on the show and talking with us about the work charity partners and NGOs are actively doing to combat the effects of homelessness and the ways they are providing cleanliness to those who need it. If you'd like to get involved, there's a few ways you can. You can visit therighttoshower.com slash get involved to learn more about opportunities to volunteer or donate. You can also buy our shower products on therighttoshower.com or through Amazon. For every soap you buy and shower you take, You help us bring showers to the streets. Another free and simple way you can help is to rate the podcast, leave a review or share it with friends so we can spread the power of the shower to even more people. I'm Darius Baxter, and this has been The Right to Shower, presented by Unilever.